Hello and welcome to Weeb Spawn. We talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Isekai genre. And potential spoilers ahead. I don't think we really talk about too much spoilers, but you never know. Yeah, there's a few times where I, I bash a couple uh, couple of them, so maybe I'll have a th- few spoilers in there. So, better safe than sorry. So, the word isekai translates to different world or other world. So, as the name suggests, the genre revolves around the main character being transported to a different world other than their own. Typically, these worlds are fantasy worlds um, and sometimes can be medieval or magical, but that is not always the case. This type of setting allows both the protagonist and the viewer to learn about the world at the same time. The transfer to the world can be executed in many different ways, some being reincarnation, summoning, or teleportation. But the concept of isekai is not something that's new. It actually has roots in some Japanese literature, as well as some Western literature, such as The Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, and The Chronicles of Narnia. Wow, some of those are kind of like a a blast from the past. (laughs) Yeah. So, I guess let's just jump into it. And I think the first thing to ask that might be on everyone's mind is, is this a genre that's being overdone? What are your thoughts so, on that? My, I would say my initial thoughts with it is, I feel like this is pertains to just about any anime genre that is when one successful anime makes it like really big, like everyone ends up talking about it. All of a sudden, you'll see all these similar anime or quick stories to quickly jump on the hype train, which make ends up making a lot of them very saturated. And helps bring down the overall look to it. Because I remember when My Hero became popular, a lot of like hero type anime, like Shonen, just boosted up. Uh, or at least in manga, it did. So while I think it might be overdone at this point, it doesn't come without its pros and cons. That's very fair. Um, in my opinion, I definitely think it's overdone as well. It feels like every time, like you said, an anime comes out, well, I mean, you mentioned that, that they jump at the hype train. So it feels like every time that an anime comes out over the past few years, it's been an isekai, which I know isn't true, but it definitely feels that way. I just can't help but think that a majority of these shows that go the isekai route do it because it's an easy way to just throw a main character into a fantasy world without needing much context or backstory. But I feel like a lot of these are just doing it in a lazy way. My main gripe is that instead of coming up with a fun, creative way to give us a history or backstory of the world organically through the show, isekais are just able to just blast us with information because they tell the main character about the world because he doesn't know about it either, so they have to explain it. And it just seems like a cheap execution in my eyes. They give us way too much information right at the beginning, and it really doesn't leave enough mystery. Because you're going into this mysterious world, don't tell me everything all at once. Allow the viewer to make theories, discover it on their own, along with the main character. An isekai that 
I think is really guilty of this is high rise invasion. They just blast you with information. See, when I looked that up, to me, I don't feel high rise invasion is really an isekai. And I think one of the things people, it helps because people get confused with this as well, is an isekai is generally someone who dies or is transported from a completely different world to a new one. Like you said, typically of like fantasies with swords and magic, but not necessarily always the case. With High Rise Invasion, though it may seem like it's a different world, it feels like it's just a secluded part of it. Because think of it like the game Twisted Metal. It's still based in the real world, but away from the public eye. And a lot of people, I think, merge either like reincarnation to the past as an isekai, which to me isn't, because it's still a native person going back in time for revenge most of the time. Obviously, there are a few exceptions. So it's more of a revenge story, not an isekai, which a lot of people think is also overdone because they're like, oh, he's just going to end up killing everyone, blah, blah, blah. This is just a standard thing. And though I've only seen the first episode of High Rise, so I can't confirm if it's truly a new world, but it just doesn't seem like it is. It seems like people have been transported to this area, but like the very first episode, there's a helicopter that makes you leave. As and far as we they, know. Yeah, as far as we know. And like they have guns and regular weapons that would be understandable for modern Japanese or wherever this is set. So to me, it just doesn't seem like it's a new world. Obviously, we don't know if for some reason it is, but for me, it just doesn't seem like it's a new world. It's just a survival game. So I'm a little over halfway through the first season. I don't know how many seasons there are. I think there's only one so far. And to me, it does seem like an isekai because from what it seems like, I mean, obviously, still, I don't know, as you don't know fully either. But um, they were in the normal world, and then all of a sudden, they're not in the world anymore. They're here. So I don't know what is causing them to transport. But to me, it feels like, since this, even if this is a secluded, I guess if it's secluded, it's not an isekai. But the fact that they were in a, their normal lives, and all of a sudden, they're here now... I believe it's some sort of... I consider this an isekai because it's a world that's unlike their own. And we don't know what the helicopter even does. So it's kind of weird. And then there's this... I mean, this is a spoiler to it. There's like this railgun machine that is pretty sci-fi-like. It's not obtainable in the normal world in, in actual life. So it makes it feel like this is otherworldly. So I'm considering it isekai just because they are transported to this area. They have no recollection of how they got there. So I don't know if they're there by magic or, or something other, or the other. So it may not be isekai, but I'm going to consider it for the sake of this because at this point it seems to present itself like an isekai. So I think it's relatable enough to at least put it within our scope of this episode. One of the main reasons I also don't think it is if you look at any of the genres that's listed, it's action, survival, horror, which they don't even have like a fantasy tag. I'm not saying like it has to have a fantasy tag, but it doesn't even have like science fiction in it. So to me, it just feels, again, it's some deranged place that they kidnap someone and it's like 
it's basically like the Hunger Games to me, where if you took someone from their home and put them in the See, Hunger Games arena, that's not an isekai. They're just getting placed here, I would, and that's what High Rise feels I like I would argue me. with the whole, it's not science fiction. Like, it may not be tagged science fiction, but there are definitely, like, um, little spoiler, the masks that people wear, we learn the the usage behind it, like the functionality behind it, and it's just completely impossible for it to it, it's science based because or science fiction based because they put it on and it puts code into their mind that changes the way they think. And that is definitely not obtainable in our current understanding of science. So that as far as you know. I mean, yeah. The government always has different Yeah, but plans. if it's not in the public knowledge, it's science fiction. <laughs> so I just because it's not tagged it, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I need to know more about. I need to finish the show to understand if it actually is an isekai. But I think it's wrong to not have science fiction tag in the title. But anyway, I'm still going to use it in the scope of this argument because, as far as I know, it hits most of the criteria for an isekai despite not knowing if this is our world or not. From what I understand, it doesn't seem like our world, so I'm going to um, use it in this argument. And it, since this topic isn't about high-rise, uh, we're getting <laughs> off topic here. <laughs> so I'm going to continue using it only because of the criteria defined, but it definitely is science, uh, science fiction in my eyes. High-rise invasion, just <laughs> back on this along with other isekai, they just give you this information overload. And I I hate the tropes. Some of them are like, I have amnesia, so conveniently I can't remember what happened to my past. High Rise also hits this one. So it's like the most opportune moments of the show, they remember their past. It seems to happen in a lot of isekai. And it's just a lot of cliches that I think just need to chill. Like, I don't care you have amnesia. Like, just learn your past or like give me your past and flashbacks i really don't care it's stupid to just be like oh my god i remembered i'm i have mar i know martial arts so i can beat the shit out of this dude like shit like that i don't know it's just like at the most opportune moments they remember things that are just so convenient and it's annoying and then i hate overload information and i just there's so many more creative ways they could go about doing things but they always go the cliche route and it's just frustrating. I'm trying to rem remember some isekais that you are referring to about the whole amnesia thing. Because the only ones I can think of are the ones that they get transported into an, uh, a game, an otome game, or a novel. But then that's how we know it ends up being isekais. Because they're like, oh, I had this former life and I read this novel. And that sets the like you said the whole kind of information overload. But other than that, I don't know what other isekai they have amnesia and then they remember something in the middle of a fight. Well, I mean that part. I mean probably I'm just exaggerating. But uh, the the remembering things. It's just like high rise invasion. I'm, I just keep going back to this. Maybe this is a high rise <laughs> a fucking thing. But um, like they don't remember how they got there at all and. That's what I, drugs do to you, man. I know. I can't remember. There was another one I watched that they, they didn't, like, remember their past. And it was, uh, I'm going to have to come back to that. And, like, it just seems like in certain things, like, they're just 
remember things at convenient times. I don't know. It's, I think yeah. I think High Rise is in my mind because it's the most recent one I've watched. <laughs> and I get that because, like, I personally think cliches are always going to be a, a big portion of anime because that's just kind of how it is. And you could talk about with anything. Like, with rom-com, you always have the misunderstood confession where someone sees the crush talk to a girl or whatever and think, oh blah 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 this happened or the whole i secretly like you you secretly like me but it gets prolonged 20 chapters because neither one of them are willing to confess and sometimes i think that's really fucking annoying i'm mm -hmm. just like if you guys just said you liked each other these 20 chapters mean absolutely nothing yeah so that's fair i think cliches are always going to be an anime but like you said the cliches in isk are probably just the easiest to understand because for the most part, they have to introduce the characters because you are bringing a foreign person to a completely new world. So you don't have much choice in how you introduce them. So, like, I understand how it gets annoying because that becomes standard. And so, like, the first episode, you're just kind of like, oh, ends up being an isekai. So you almost know exactly how, like, the first few episodes are because that's how they introduce people. They're either going to be an ally that the person just gets introduced to from summoning you get an enemy that could potentially turn into the ally because of main character powers or whatever they save a damsel in distress and because like if it's a fantasy one obviously they end up having these abilities they go in the force and what do you know there's a cute girl getting attacked by wolves and they go and save them and then that's how they end up having a relationship so i think because of that those cliches and how they introduce each other they almost back themselves into a corner because it's very hard to not introduce a new character that way because they are being brought into a new world so i think because of that and a lot of people tend to only give animes like one or two episodes and see if it's actually enjoyable you always see those cliches with isekais because that's literally what an isekai is being transported to a new world and whatnot so it can get very overwhelming or very saturated because you know exactly what to expect yeah i definitely don't think the cliches are gonna go anywhere anytime soon but it's just annoying because overall i think isekais have like an insane amount of potential because most of the time they're fantasy worlds so imagination is on their side and basically anything you can think of becomes can become a reality in these shows so it'd be so easy to or i feel like it'd be so easy to work ways around these cliches to get around them and introduce things in unique ways there's endless possibilities for stories endless possibilities for history design geography you name it like you could have I don't know. You could have just so much in these shows, but the cliches take over. So a lot of isekais take us to a world that looks like a nice little countryside, but it's not because there's magic and there's knights. And now we're in the Middle Ages, but with magic. So it's like there's so much you could do with it, but it seems like they all follow the same formula when they could do something crazy because like Alice in Wonderland is a giant acid trip. Or the game Silent Hill. It you're teleported literally to hell. 
there is just so much you could do with it or even spirited away it's different because it takes you to this amusement park or this theme park and it's just a beautiful city of spirits so they change a regular world but they add spirits to it to make it something different so anything you can really imagine you can end up with but it seems like we always end up in some tacky medieval town with some magic and a, a generic backstory and history like they're just too it's just too cliche and they need to do something different to make it unique see a lot of what you're explaining to me for me are like the mainstream ones but okay so a lot of them are like that but for one instance for me one of the newer ones that came out was like the saint's power is omnipresent omnipotent and what omnipotent omnipotent and it's a fantasy, but it has a very modern feeling to it because they have like this whole research thing. And without getting too like into spoilers, I mean, it kind of happens in like the first episode or the second episode. She becomes interested in herbs and making potions. And like the whole story is still based on like knights and like this whole fantasy esque setting. But it's not straight just like magic, being an adventurer, going exploring the world. It's just the world itself. I think that's maybe why it's a bit more popular because like you said, they kind of flesh out this story. So it could be one of those exceptions to the rules. But one of the reasons why I think it has a lot of the same backstory is again kind of going back to what I previously said about them backing themselves in a corner because you have to remember what an isekai is. It's about being transported to a new world, generally through the course of reincarnation, summoning, or some other way. And one of the reasons why, like, if they get chosen for reincarnation to a specific world, or they get summoned to a specific world, is because they need help. They need a hero in this world to help fight against some enemy that they couldn't beat so i think the reason why again it gets criticized so much is because everyone thinks oh it's the same hero something defeat the baddie and it's a win-win which is why i think it's a hard genre to change too much without being something completely different because everyone expects oh it's a summoning so they obviously were summoned to this different world for purpose but then you get too far into it and it becomes something completely different so like even if high rise isn't it ends up being a different world like an isekai now it's completely different because to me it doesn't if it is one it doesn't seem like one because it doesn't look like a different world and you have to get transported to the world generally to fight like the whole demon lord or whatever purpose it is or like even in reincarnation ones they usually meet god and it's like well you had such a good soul and i actually i'm in charge of another world and they need help do you mind going to help them so again it's i think it all comes back to they kind of just back themselves in a corner by basically defying what isekai is so they don't get to change too much without being a completely different like genre I get that, but there are so many different ways you could bring someone. Like, you could transport someone, say they get reincarnated. You could transport them to any world. You wouldn't, because if it's reincarnation, it's not some 
magic spell that's bringing them to them. So you can bring them anywhere you wanted. Like, you could literally create an entire world. You don't need to summon someone to just defeat a bad guy. You could, like, maybe there is magic. I'm not saying magic's a bad thing, but you could summon them for a completely different reason. You could create your own story and summon them to some random magical world. You don't need these specific tropes in order to summon. Like, you could come up with many different ways. I'm sure, like, if they had a team of people thinking of unique storylines, it would be easy. But I think they're going the easy route because it is so mainstream. So they're taking the easy route, which then ultimately brings down the quality of Isekais. But if they just spend a little more time creating these magical worlds and the backstory and the reasoning of why they brought them here, they could make something very unique. Because, like... Alice in Wonderland, she fell down a rabbit hole. Like, there's no reason they she wound up in this strange world. And Chronicles of Narnia, they walked through a wardrobe. Like, it doesn't need to be they're summoned to defeat some overlord. It just, they are going through their journey, and they happen to stumble upon mysteries and backstory that they're now intertwined with. So... I get what you're saying. Like, yes, I think they're backing themselves in the corner, but I think that is the creator's fault and not the genre itself. I think the genre has tons of possibility and they need to stop chugging up, like plugging or um, pumping them out. They need to take time to focus on where they want to go with the story to make it unique rather than pumping out a lot of cliche, oversaturated garbage. Because <laughs> there are a lot of good isekais out there. Like, I can't fight with the numbers like there are some that are extremely popular like one of your favorites the slime one reincarnated as, as a slime it's one of the more popular ones now i can't say if they're following tropes or not but it seems from like images and stuff that it does have a pretty unique fantasy aspect to it so there are a lot of successful ones and i think those successful ones are what caused the genre to go downhill because people see them and they're like Let's just try to replicate this, and then they just do a disservice to the entire genre. So I think a little time would satisfy the genre and make it worthwhile. Not to, like, repeat myself, but (laughs) basically what you described was kind of what I said at the very beginning. When one successful one comes out, everyone kind of jumps on the hype train. And like you said, Isekai is kind of an easy way you can go because... You could just throw someone in a new world and then boom, you, like you said, get that information overload, all your critiques. So it is because like one gets, but that's why they're successful. Like the time I reincarnated slime is because it takes time to actually world build. Like you actually see him develop this civilization, but you don't know the entire world at first until you start to run in problems. Then it's like, when they first ran into like humans, he found out there's a human settlement not too far. When their village needed help, they're like, oh, did you know there's dwarves not too far either? And then you go to the dwarven town and then you see how the dwarven town is so different compared to where he lives. And then that is so different from compared to where the humans live. And like you said, it's a little different. And I think that's, what helps it are those ones but going back to some of the ones you said about like it doesn't always have to be fantasy there are some animes actually out there right now that 
they get transported that aren't magic, but they never do good. So I think that's also another reason why they end up coming back to this fantasy setting is because a lot of people think, oh, you got reincarnated to a new world. Why would it be the, the same world? Like, why why would you want to get go to an, an, a very similar world, even though it is still an isekai, when you said you had the possibilities? If you had to choose, would you want to be reincarnated into basically very similar earth and restart your life over with knowledge so yeah maybe you could become rich or would you rather go to a fantasy world where you can learn magic right and i think that's why it goes that route so i'm i wasn't i'm not arguing the fact that um the the big ones kind of oversaturated like i definitely think the big ones the popular good ones are the ones that are ruining the genre but it I mean it could be the 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 ones that are different are still poorly written I'm not 100% sure. I haven't looked into those ones because, like, High Rise Invasion is kind of popular, but I think it's poorly written. So I think the the oversaturation is really the main issue, and, and that's kind of the whole point of this episode, I believe, is we're talking about the genre as a whole. So I think the genre as a whole is going downhill because of this oversaturation, whereas if we're given more of those side ones that you were talking about, that maybe a few are going to do well and can change the genre, but it could be possible that some of those are just poorly written overall. To talk about the market as a whole as well, though, I think that the oversaturation also is going into the route of oversaturation of fan service and lolis, because there's definitely an issue with that in anime overall, but it seems to be very present or prevalent in isekais and fantasy worlds. So I th- personally, that's just an, a gripe that I have. I know a lot of people don't really care about fan service and lollies, but that's one thing I also think hurts the genre in general. Puts a ba- a negative connotation on that that topic. So I'm gonna both. I'm so into this mean I never agreed with something 100% in my life or agree with something that I 100% agree but also ah fuck what's that stupid meme I've never been insulted by something I 100% agree with (laughs) that's it because I know they always have this stigma of like the fan service the lollies and don't get me wrong I'm not denying that and if you look at a lot of fantasy anime in general they always had the harem tag with it and when it comes to harems that's where you get all the fan service so i think it's more adding that particular genre that makes it so much fan service but i'm not disrupting that because a lot of fantasies will also have harem with it but i don't know if maybe somehow i got away from a lot of that or if i can just tell that it's going to be a harem or if i started just getting away from harems and a lot of mine that i'm reading now aren't so i don't see a lot of that fan service like the time i reincarnated slime yes there's one character that's kind of prevalent that it's a like a running joke that she has big uh she has big boobs in it but they do it in a way that it's not like perverted and it's not it's not like the main focus like they kind of make jokes on it every now and then but it's not 
so much that you're just like, oh my god, enough with this. Like, they just do it here and there for comedy purposes. And again, that's probably why it's more of a successful one. But I won't say that there's not a lot of fan service in there. It just happens to be that a lot of fantasy is accompanied with the harem tag. And you just need to try to find those ones without the harem tag. <laughs> yeah, it's just... But unfortunately, the, those are like those get popular say, because of that reason. Like on Funimation, there's always the recommended. And it's like, oh my god, you're scrolling through. And it's just like, come on, give me one that's not so obnoxious because if it seems like that's the main focus of the title or the cover i'm like well if that seems to be their main focus here that's probably not that good of one it probably just got popular because that's the focus so and yeah and going on this will kind of happen with our next topics about the good and bad examples but a lot of my good examples don't have the harem tag a lot of my bad examples end up having the harem tag because i feel like almost because they had a lack of world building that they decide, oh, we'll make up for it for fan service. And again, that's why it has a bad stigma. Yeah, so since you brought it up, what are some of your good examples of an isekai? So without going like too much in depth of each one, some of the animes I would say, like we've mentioned before, my, one of my favorite animes is the time I got reincarnated as a slime. Because of kind of, I already kind of explained it a little earlier, they have a lot of good world building, especially in the manga. But the anime has done it pretty well too, because like I said, they show you the difference between living in a forest, going to a dwarven kingdom, where they're known for their craftsmanship, going to a human town, and like all these different demon lords, and like the whole lore on it, they... They don't give you that information overload like right at first. Yeah, you get a little bit at the beginning because like he's a slime and he's trying to learn like what he's doing here. But he was never given no reason. Like he's not here to defeat a demon lord. He ends up becoming one. And so you see his journey and you learn it as he goes. So that's probably why it got popular because like you said, you don't like that information overload. There wasn't really that. Like yeah, you may get a lot of information at parts and times, but you kind of need that because he learns it right then and there. Another one I think was a good one is Log Horizon. So for those of you who enjoy SAO, but didn't think they developed the game story that well, like in Aincrad and all that stuff, I think you would probably like Log Horizon because it's very much about living, living in this world. Of course, unlike SAO, if you die, you get rank or like you get revived back here so they instead of going off that route they actually had to develop what it would actually be like if you were trapped inside a video game so if you enjoyed sao but think it fell off i think you should try and log horizon and one of the last ones i think is the saint's pow power is what is it omnipotent. Not, it's not omnipotent and those are probably the easiest ones i could think of because like i said that one kind of gives you a modern fantasy feel. Like, it, obviously, it, they still have magic, but it's more they fight with swords and they do uh, brew, like, potions, like, science and everything, like, medicine. So it's more modern, just not modern day. So if you don't like that whole countryside thing, you would probably like this one. And these are just the ones I can think of, like, uh, the top of my head. There's also... Oh, I forget. 
the one oh I reincarnated as a villainous, but I'm going to destroy the routes or something. It came out last anime season. Everyone was like really hyped up for it. And it's fantasy, but it doesn't really deal with magic that much. It's about an otome game, which if you don't know what those are, it's about where a girl tries to capture love targets from like four or five different male characters. So it's that they got reincarnated in that but the one thing i think that helps is the ending leaves one little bit in the air that i'm still debating about so i that's the reason why i like it and if you're more of a manga reader once again the time i recorded as a slime is really far ahead over the anime and it does i think a little better job at the world building so i want to do that but one for you joshua i think you should also potentially look at it's an ongoing one and i think there's only like 25 chapters right now is it's called or very similar to i got summoned as a hero but the world is at peace so this one i think is a great example because the character is not op like he doesn't like they end up knowing very little magic and he has like one of the weakest magic abilities out of like the entire inhabitants of this world but it's more about the relationships he forms and about the world and everything because they can actually go back to the world just not right away so it's something you actually get it's almost like having a vacation going to a brand new world and no one's at war so you just get to see what it's like living in this world and i think that's one that you would probably enjoy. That's interesting. And see, here's one of the the things that I was I was saying. You can have an isekai, and you can change the formula and make it something that works. Like that one, it seems like it would be your typical, well, like with your spawning as a hero. So it seems like it's about to go the typical route, but the world's at peace. So then you have a completely different perspective of the world. So they're changing the overall backstory of the world in order to to make it more unique and i think that's what isekais need you can have a similar world you just have to change things to make it its own thing like don't have to you don't always have to fight a giant boss or a giant baddie so you can you can do unique things and i like that so i might have to check that out so for for some of my examples um you obviously have some of the classics like reincarnate as a slime sao log horizon's been one that's very popular but i haven't checked it out so those are all, I can't argue with those because everyone loves them. So there's no reason for me to try to argue those points. The good ones are clear and there's online presence about them. So it's hard to miss the good ones. But then you have a few that this one's technically a reverse isekai, which is the devil is a part-timer. And it was really re- well received, but it's not insanely popular because it took over eight years just to get a second season <laughs> in the works. So... Yeah, it's one of those ones that I think was fantastic because I love the reverse Isekai part because he's an OP demon lord and he's taken to McDonald's as a full-time worker so or a part-time worker. So I really like that one. Sword Art Online, as you mentioned, was a really good example due to the uniqueness of the story. It It's a fantasy world, but it's not because it's a video game world. So it changes the formula you have... I mean, everyone loves video games, so I think that was pretty cool. Plus, it added a unique twist of 
this is a video game, but they're taking away the part that makes video games video games, and that's the respawning point. So that was a really cool aspect of it. And then, obviously, Spirited Away is a classic. This is, like, the third time that I've brought it up, I think. Not really sure. And that one's just fun. It's one of the first most popular ones, so... And the box office sale prices proved for <laughs> itself that it was a pretty good isekai. Yeah, it definitely did get one in. Like you said, like the SAO had the unique twist where it was a video game, but you couldn't die. And for some of those people thinking, hey, they're still in the same world, technically they're not. They're in a virtual world, which well, is in definition a different world. But even yeah. isekai, if you look on some of the definitions, virtual world is considered part of that because again if you want to be technical it is a different yeah and then you could even argue with sao like oh it's it follows the same formula because of the fact that they took away the ability to die so that's essentially just making it a fantasy world but they kept all the other video game aspects of it so that was a really cool thing that they did like the leveling up and so they they managed to keep it video game bound just took away the most iconic video game feature yeah so that's how you can tell kind of like the good ones from the bad ones it's like you said they kind of break away like the slime did the world building mm -hmm. sao did the like you can't be killed and then log horizon did a twist on that by saying oh you can be killed but you're locked in here forever like even if you clear a game because it was an MMO, and technically you couldn't clear an MMO, so they were stuck there. So I think that's why it also took a unique twist than SAO. So all these ones, kind of like how you mentioned, need some kind of twist on it to be a little more successful. Yeah, so those were good examples. What are some bad ones that you have? I don't have a whole lot of bad because I typically stay away from the isekai genre but i do have two examples and one of them you guys already know because i ranted about it in the beginning oh one of the probably the worst one that i think probably the isekai genre as a whole would agree is i reincarnated in a new world with my smartphone and this is the textbook definition of how you make an op character wrong like every fight this person is ever involved in literally lasts like 30 seconds because he is so overly strong that it doesn't even matter like there was a time spoilers ahead if in case you do end up wanting to watch this there was a time where this base is getting ragsacked by like a hundred different people and they only have like 20 people defending this fort so what does he do he pulls out his smartphone he can use a magic called search and with his like he has a map god gave him a map app on his phone so he knows how to like walk around this world and everything so he pulls up the map on his phone and he's able to use magic so on his smartphone that will show the position of every enemy on his phone and he just clicks on every dot and then he goes he chants some other magic like attack magic to paralyze them and they all become paralyzed instantly the fight literally lasts like 15 seconds oh, that'd be annoying. and they win yeah that's how every fight is besides one fight where they find like an artifact 
that's supposed to be stronger. Mm -hmm. And it was like some magics didn't work on it, but it was just like he has no struggle, like at all. He never once was in like a life and death situation where like other isekais, even when they're an overpowered character, they're generally not overpowered at first. Or even if they are, they still have a few fights where they have to like go all out or they get pushed in the corner because of something. But this, he never gets that. Like he never struggles. He's just so overly pow powerful that it's like things end before they even begin. That would be annoying. <laughs> yeah. And then another one that kind of brings off the whole like non-magic one is one called the Master of Ragnarok and Blesser of Einhard. Einhard? Einhard? I don't Forget know. If I'm... I don't speak uh, Icelandic. I don't. I, <laughs> I don't know what Ragnarok. What Scandinavian language is that? I don't know. I don't I'm speak sure, it. So, but it it had such a good concept, and so the whole concept is a kid gets involved with some kind of myth, and like the whole thing where it's kind of like, oh, if you pray to this god, kind of like corpse party or something like that where it's like oh you do this ritual and you get teleported to this different realm that's basically what happened with him but for some reason again with not like the smartphone but his phone still works for some odd reason but so he can look up stuff on the internet like for information and he's able to call his sister back home like in the other world like once a month what like what it has to be like on a I don't know. He, but they at least restrict it to where it has to be like a full moon out or something and he can talk. And it, it's just a little weird. But it just sucks because like he uses his basically his knowledge because it, it is like medieval times back where they fought armies with like swords, armor, stuff like that. And like one of the, he becomes like this warlord because he comes up with these new innovative strategies, basically from like Hannibal, Alexander the Great. He incorporates all these strategies in this world because nobody knows of them. Like one of the big thing is the phallic formation. And that helps him win so many things. And it's like, oh, this could be honestly a cool concept because it's like, it's almost like rewriting history because you know, like the previous like whatever experience from our history now you're using that to your advantage which would make sense because one of the famous old sayings is those who do not know history are doomed to repeat it so it's like oh this is a great concept but then they like twist it and then like all these main figureheads like the main people and i think they even copy some of the names of like other famous people from our area end up becoming cute anime girls and it's just like okay i can see where this is going <laughs> and it's just like it had such i think it had such good potential and then it just wasted it all away yeah that's that's never a good time like it's that's one of my main things is there's just so much that they could do and when you go the easy route it tends to just take away from your your story <clears throat> but I'm sure this list could probably go on for ages because of the oversaturation of the market, but oh, uh, we probably won't do that to you guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to say that I have two here. 
and my first one is Sword Art Online, and I believe that, yes, this one does fall into the both the good and the bad category. I think they had a great start, but they eventually started to miss the mark on the second season. I've heard they're having a comeback, but I just refuse to give it a chance for the following seasons. So I think the second season just missed the mark up on it. And I'm also going to put High Rise Invasion to surprise, surprise, in the bad category, only because I really like the creativity of the world itself and the idea behind it. But I think the writing was rather poor, and they spent too much time thinking that the audience is dumb rather than letting us figure things out on their own. So the writing alone just puts this into the bad category, although I do want to finish it to see if I can get it form a well-rounded opinion of it and maybe have a future episode or have an episode on the future season of ours. But um, yeah, overall, this is one that I think the story was there, but in the first episode, the there was this masked person and their goal is to uh, kill or force people into killing themselves. So she's on the phone with her brother talking to him and he's explaining the whole thing. And so she watches a mask make someone kill themselves and then the mask looks over the edge and all this and then she encounters a mask sometime later and she has all this information like she just understands how they work after one conversation and watching one so like she outsmarts it by jumping off the building but there was a platform below it and this was like episode two so it's not that big of a spoiler maybe episode one and she has a gun at this point somehow she finds it in a bag or a cop had it one of those two and she jumps off onto a ledge below and the mask goes and looks and she shoots the masks mask off or whatever and she's like oh i knew it masks always look over the edge when they make a kill it's like how do you you saw one mask you're just gonna make that bold assumption off of watching one mask like you don't have a collection of masks doing this to be like okay i've seen out of a hundred masks a hundred of them look off the edge she's like i saw one good enough for me i'm gonna make this risk like I don't know. She just has so much information. And then when they explain things, they just go on and on about the small nuances of the world. It's like, just chill. Give me a little bit of information. Let me figure it out. And then explain a little more later. Like, you don't have to over explain things because it just makes me annoyed with the, the whole show. So overall, I think that's what its major downfall is. <clears throat> so just, uh, Quick summary for you guys if you're thinking about watching High Rise. <laughs> yeah, I can see, I can see why because it does kind of make no sense. Like all of a sudden, she, I get the main character needs to have some knowledge. Yeah, otherwise, which I wasn't it... upset with the phone call because it seemed like her brother was there longer, so he understands it. But yeah, it, the phone call's fine with a little explanation, but it's just like they just keep going on and on about things. It's like my God. Yeah, they needed to at least give some kind of backstory to her as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, if they... I know it would have been a little cliche or something, but, like, if they showed, like, a flashback of her, like, in high school or something that was very prominent when it comes to puzzles. Yeah. Like, she was a puzzle lover or something. Then it's kind of like you connect two and two in your head, and you're like, oh, okay, this girl is good about making assumptions. Mm-hmm. Or maybe her dad was a detective, and she was going to follow in her footsteps and it's like oh okay 
she's making hypothetical situations and basing it off the clues she gets. So it's like, oh, okay, that would make sense why she would try this. Mm-hmm. But as far as we know, she's just a normal high school girl that talked to her brother on one phone call. Right. So it's just overall, like, there were a few things they did leave a mystery up in, to a degree. But it, it, I don't know. It's just the whole thing was just over explained and it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And like the mask situation, they explained that whole thing in pretty significant detail right away. And it's like, let me, let me figure it out. My God. But man. Yeah. So that's a bad example. So, (laughs) so overall, why do you think isekais are popular? So I think this just kind of inherits to like everyone's little like childhood heart nature whatever because I think everyone wants to be a hero at some point in their life at least I think so and maybe it's just for guys but also I mean even on this podcast or just talking to your friends are you telling me you've never once said I wish I could be in so and so world I think just that belief is what keeps Isekai's going, even when there is a lot of trash out there. Yes, I said it, even <laughs> though it's one of my favorite genres. I'm not not going to deny that there are some really bad ones. But you can't deny that there are also good ones among the mix. But going back to why it's popular, I just think a lot of people would have the desire to go to a new world, whether it's with magic and explore everything there is, or even a favorite book about like, or even about a favorite book. And that's why stories are made in the first place. It's to draw us in and become part of this world. And now isekais literally take you to said world. Yeah, that is a very fair point. And honestly, I don't think I could have said it better. Because that's basically why I think they're so popular. They give you this sense of, I could be that person. So when you're watching them, you're like, man, if this i relate to this character a lot so i think that is uh, one reason why they're so popular since that's why we think they're popular why do you think they get such a bad rep and i think i know we briefly talked about this but i think we're basically gonna agree on this one as well yeah i mean we kind of been talking throughout this whole episode about like the kind of like the pros and cons of it but like one of the things i think the main reason why it gets a big wet, r- bad rap is because people, just like in anime in general, will see one or two and are instantly turned off. Kind of like how I said earlier, a lot of the cliches, they explain everything in the first two episodes so that could turn people off. And you said earlier about the fan service being a prominent cliche, and I guarantee you that also turns people away. But like I said, you just got to find the ones without the harem tag. I th- honestly think it's mostly that that's causing it to be that. But anyways... The cliche about some things are what people make them think, oh, I already know what's going to happen. Why watch that? And I get that. The beginnings are a lot, almost identical. But you have, but like, have you seen like Konosuba? It's a very comedic aspect on the whole isekai genre. The dude is completely powerless. He doesn't ever gain like superpower, at least in. I think there's two seasons out right now. It's just a very lighthearted comedic aspect. And I think, again, that's why it became popular as a whole or whatever. And then you have ReZero that was very popular for a while because it took a different take on the genre. Because, again, 
he was transported to a different world and he comes back to like certain points in his life after he dies which was nothing really ever did that at that point and even the second season got a lot of like love and hate but that's completely different so now you're probably thinking oh those are just a few examples yes because isekai as a general genre hasn't really picked off until recently like the early 2010s or like even as early as the 2000s or maybe even later and so most people think it's bad because let's say four out of ten isekais that come out are successful and now you're thinking see it's only a 40 percent but that's unfair because that's like comparing romance which is perceived as a, a good genre even i enjoy like good romance because let's say 58 out of 100 were good so that's technically 58 percent so for me it's kind of hard to argue if it's really a good or bad genre at this point because it's more of a niche genre almost like a subcategory of like fantasy that it because of it it gets so mixed up with fantasy that they end up meshing together or with other stories that i don't think are isekai and they get a bad rap because of that because they don't like certain ones and they automatically think it's an isekai because it's in a fantasy world so to compare it and call it successful or not i think it's a bit unfair because like true isekais are honestly a few and far in between when you actually if you actually go by the actual definition of being transported to a different world now this is mostly for anime because manga manga is hard because like there were thousands of mangas and like a lot of new ones that come out frequently so it's again i think it's hard to compare if it's like successful or not because it's doesn't have as much backing or showing as other genres i think the question of like why this genre does get a bad rep is basically the reason we're having this episode because if this was a well-received genre we this would be a very boring topic and like you said i i mean i think isekai is a very successful genre and i think that's why it gets a bad rep there were a few decent ones that came out over the past years and they've had insane popularity and success and as the success grew naturally the genre grows but a few more successful ones start crawling out of the woodwork and that's when things basically started taking a turn because there was a clearly a line showing isekais are profitable so studio st studios start pumping them out and trying to get a jump on the hype train but they're missing the key things that make the show great uh the uniqueness powerful stories creativity and there's so much that you need to make a good show and these copycats just aren't taking the time to do it so i think that's really why it gets a bad rep because there are some really good isekais out there it's just the the genre has taken a turn because of the oversaturation. So I think it's easy to, like, I think it's, I'm very confident in saying it is a, a successful genre. It's a good genre. There's just a lot of bad that makes it seem like it's a shit genre overall. And yeah, it just got a little oversaturated mm -hmm. with too many. And I think that's what bogs it yeah. down. And don't get me wrong. There's trash in every genre. I think isekais are just the focus of now. Because maybe five, ten years down the line, we're going to be talking about how rom-coms have an oversaturation of just garbage. Because like, there's been a, real, a few really good rom-coms lately, 
And if they just keep coming out and making good ones, I think this will be the new Isekai. It's just things are going to start getting pumped out and turned into anime, and it's not going to turn out well. So we might be a couple years down the line be like, so why does rom-com get a bad rap? So I, I think it's just the natural life cycle, and it probably won't last, and it'll the focus will turn to something else. At least I hope it doesn't last. <laughs> I would like to see, like you, like you kind of been pointing out. There's like so much potential they can do. So I would like to see some turnaround, I, or at least Isekai is not to go mm-hmm. away. I don't think it'll ever go away, despite how bad it might get. If it does get worse, uh, I'm hoping it'll it'll fizzle out and start getting good stuff like i'm sure there are a lot of manga artists that are really passionate about isekais so they're going to produce good material and then there are a lot of others who are probably forced into the isekai genre by their publishers so they're forced to make garbage work because i from what i understand the manga industry is a very intense line of work and a lot of manga artists basically don't get days off so there's probably a bunch of them who are being forced into writing manga and they just don't have the dedication to it because it's not their forte. But, yeah, and I think we're coming to the end of this one. So any closing thoughts you want to say? Because I know this is a passion of yours, <laughs> this genre. Just one thing <laughs> I want to make clear. Isekai can be fantasy, but being fantasy does not make it Isekai. <laughs> so many times have I heard, so-and-so's anime is a trash Isekai. Like, it's not. It's a fantasy. Like, Don Machi, or if you don't know what it is, is, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? It is set in a victorious city where gods and goddesses have descended. This is a pure fantasy anime nobody gets transported this is just their world and they get blessings that give them magical powers hence fantasy not isekai <laughs> they even state that in labyrinth city outside of labyrinth city people don't have these powers so this is not an isekai this is just the regular world just now with magic because gods and goddesses descended and because a lot of people think every fantasy with swords and magic is like in isekai they'll automatically come in thinking it's going to be bad or whatever and granted a lot of isekais are fantasy because it's the easiest way to do it but there are plenty of other isekais that get transported into a book that has no magic and they're the, the villainous of the story and they're just trying to survive so they don't get the bad ending and also reincarnation back in time is not isekai isekai can be reincarnated but they are reincarnated into a different world, generally because of God. And they're like, oh, I made a mistake. Here's some powers. Or my world needs help. Here you go. They get transported to a different world. But if they are reincarnated and go back in time, that is not an isekai. For instance, the Demon King Academy is fantasy because he is reincarnated hundreds of years later. And this is why I think Isekai also ends up getting such a reputation that it gets, whether it's bad or good, because everyone just lumps it all together. Whether it's a video video game transmigration, which is considered Isekai because it is a different world, even if it is virtual, but any fantasy anime always gets labeled as Isekai. So I just want you guys to know the difference. And I'm just trying to help bring awareness to this world wow it seems like someone 
some a lot of people have struck a nerve of yours somewhere down the road. Um, so I definitely hear you. So don't don't attack me. Uh, <laughs> it's like the the all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares argument thing. Uh, but yeah, what I want to say, since um, there's a huge number of isekais that fall under the category of fantasy, they need to just be a little more creative when creating these shows or the animators and manga just need to chill out when pumping them out but they just need to give the viewers a break and allow the genre to recover make better content and because as i stated earlier you have imagination on your side with these worlds they could be absolutely amazing and with just a little more time and energy put into it it, it would be a fantastic show i mean it's proven itself over time like in the past so I just want to start seeing more posts and articles about how isekai are coming back and the genre is dominating for better rather than for the worse. There's a lot of potential going to waste here. And also I hope that your PSA gets awareness because, man, you were really heated on that one. So I hope I hope people it stop shitting in your Cheerios. <laughs> just makes me so mad. They're like, oh, isekai is like that. I'm like, no, that's not an isekai. Like, ah. You don't know what an isekai is. Like, the reason why it became its own separate genre from fantasy is because it did get popular. And that's why it became... That's why also, going back to, like, it doesn't have many, like, true isekais. is because I think for the longest time, everyone, it just fell under the fantasy tab. And that's why, like, 90% of isekais are fantasy. But then I think people start to realize... It, because of like how you mentioned all the cliches that it end up becoming its own separate category and that's why people have a hard distinction but yeah overall it's people need to distinguish the two and let things work themselves out i think is what it comes down to but uh yeah that about wraps it up for this so i have a couple facts for us so the first one is a piece of Japanese literature that is an early isekai story is of a fisherman named Urashima, um, specifically Umash uh, Urashima Taro. He is a man who saves a turtle and is brought to a sea kingdom and spends a few days here. But it turns out it was actually a hundred years in his world. So he spent a few days in this underworld kingdom, and when he returned home, it was hundred years later. So just a little Japanese literature story of an isekai. And another one is, most isekai series are first debuted as webcomics on popular sites that let their users post work for free. So this is one reason why it's kind of a, a saturated market, because there's a lot of competition, because they're so frequently posted. And thirdly, the names of these isekais are typically really long, because authors need to make their novels stand out since they're posting on sites that are free. So they want their work to be above others. So the more descriptive the title is, the higher chance that it will attract readers and be picked for publishing. So it's a little interesting. That's why the names are like 14 paragraphs long. <laughs> like the whole instance, the time I reincarnated as a slime or oh, the... I'm drawing a blank. Oh, I'm so mad. There was one that's literally like all, like two sentences long for the novel, like for the title, and people are just like, or even Don Machi. Mm -hmm. Is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? And like you said, it's just to help get attraction. So people, it's almost like writing the synopsis in the title. 
so people know what it is. And I thought it was cool that you mentioned that like most isekais are debuted as webcomics because if you're ever on a manga reading website and you are reading a lot of isekais, when they first get published, a lot of the first comments are like, oh my god, I've read the light novel or I've read so-and-so novel. I can't believe it's finally becoming a thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's always cool to see that. Yeah, it's. I didn't know that until I was doing some research on the genre itself so it is really cool to know that some of these ones that got popular beat the odds and made it through the cracks so i think that is it for this episode so don't forget to go and show us some love and support at patreon.com slash and of course don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at weebspawn and contact us at weebspawn at gmail.com Thank you all for joining us today. That'll be all from us. I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we will see you guys next time when we weep spawn.